This is my 38th episode. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't feel that way. I know it's it's not a lot to me. It's a lot, but I know looking at other podcast podcasters, it's not a lot. But I started doing this in January. I built up enough confidence in February to actually post something. And my goal was to talk about the conversations that I that I didn't finish at work, whether it be sports, life, politics, money, whatever. Uh, then it took this this turn where I was just talking politics. <laughs> so it hasn't it hasn't been what I thought it was going to be, but I'm okay where it's at and where it might lead to. I don't want to use this platform to listen to for you to listen to to just my ideas or think that my ideas or what I'm saying is absolute. So I'm, I'm open for suggestions. I, I would love to have people on the show. Uh, I would like for people to voice their opinion. So anyways, with that being said, let's talk shop. What's happening, everybody? Thanks for tuning into another episode of Let's Talk Shop. It is about 9.30 on a Thursday night, and <laughs> I am tired. My my brain is exhausted. My body is exhausted. Uh, my body is exhausted, exhausted from work. My brain is exhausted from being not being able to shut it off. Yeah. Maybe some of you are thinking, like me, and can't wait till this election is over. I'm ready for it to be over. And after it's over, if Trump wins, I want to be done talking about it. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, It's how I feel right now. Sometimes I think I am one-sided and that I'm so one-sided that I don't feel like I'm listening hard enough to the people who oppose my beliefs. I uh, I listen to every Sunday. Every Sunday I listen to NPR. Just just to make you know, give them a chance to to say I'm listening to what you're saying. I don't I'm not all It's not all about me. You know, I look at a person's rationale and think that's that's not how I would rationalize an idea, but someone else's rationalization I may agree with. Um, for example, I listened to an interview with Pete Buttigieg. Uh, I think he was the mayor uh, in a city in Indiana, and Chris Wallace. There was an interview with Chris Buttigieg and Chris Wallace on abortion. Um, I was going to read it to you, but how about you just take a listen? Caught up on where you draw the line, that we've gotten away from the fundamental question of who gets to draw the line. And I trust women to draw the line when it's their own. So, so just to be clear... Just to be clear, you're saying that you would be okay with a woman well into the third trimester 
deciding to abort a pregnancy. Look, the, these hypotheticals are usually set up in order to provoke a strong well, no, emotional... No, but in fairness, no, oh, all right, so it's not hypothetical. There are 6,000 women a year who get abortions in the third That's trimester. right, representing less than 1% of cases. I but know, let's, but 6, let's, take our, pregnancy. let's take ourselves in... So let's put ourselves in the shoes of a woman in that situation. If it's that late in your pregnancy, that means almost by definition, you've been expecting to carry it to term. We're talking about women who have perhaps chosen a name, women who have purchased a crib, families that then get the most devastating medical news of their lifetime, something about the health or the life of the mother that forces them to make an impossible, unthinkable choice. And the bottom line is, uh, as horrible as that choice is, uh, uh, that woman, that family may seek uh, spiritual guidance. They may speak, seek medical guidance, but it's, that decision is not going to be made any better medically or morally because the government is dictating how that decision should be made. Yeah, I love reminding people that it's not the role of the media to endorse candidates. that you heard it so anyways uh some of you may agree with him and i think i said chris Buttigieg, but it's pete Buttigieg. Uh, some of you think he makes a valid rational point i don't not to say that he didn't articulate his answer i just don't agree with his point because that's not my understanding of abortion i was talking with my fiance today uh, she told me a little story and it, it's a it's a very gray area with this and i think that's something that maybe we should take more of a look at but she, and i think some of what he was speaking to he was or she the the woman that we were discussing she was 23 weeks and if she continued with her pregnancy, um, the the baby was going to die anyway. But if she had a C-section, she could hold the baby. This is tough, but she could hold the baby for a little while before it passed. Uh, she had to go through some hoops because it was considered an abortion because of what she was doing. Now she was intending on going the full term, you know, for her baby. She, you know, had everything planned out and things didn't go that way. For that reason, I, I still, I'm not looking at it as a woman's right. I'm thinking it as a humane right uh, for the baby and for the mother. So it's kind of sad, but I don't, I'm not discussing that gray area. I'm talking about the plain black and white area because that is a small percentage. I think it was like less than two or three percent um, of why women have abortions or what reasons they have abortions for. But I'm pro-life. So I think that life starts at conception. I believe the life starts at conception. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to make a woman's 
right to do anything with her body. I'm not trying to justify right or wrong with her body or discuss the rights of women's bodies. But some of you think I may be being misogynistic for thinking this way. Not all of you, but some. But here's my rationale. Think to yourself. How many of you have, have had sex knowing that there's a chance of pregnancy? How many of you know the multiple ways to prevent pregnancy? It's just a question. There's multiple birth control options. The pill, the shot, the patch, abstinence, (laughs) condoms. And for the not sure, you know, what happened? Plan B. So... Several several ways to prevent pregnancy and one lethal way to stop it. I mean, if you kill a pregnant woman, God forbid, but if you kill a pregnant woman, is it considered a double homicide? Is you know, that that would mean rationally you're considered considering the life inside of a woman, life, or you can consider it double homicide. We'll come back to that. But today isn't about abortion. I just thought it would be a nice, intense attention grabber. (laughs) So, uh, today is about thinking and understanding, reason, reason and logic and rationalizing. But in order to get that, you must understand. And what I mean is that's that's the entire sentence. You must understand. <laughs> uh, have you you know have you ever had an argument with someone, and they and that someone starts arguing some off the wall shit. You know, you're sitting there thinking, like, where did that come from? And you feel like I'm, I'm no longer arguing your concrete idea or solid, reasonable perspective. I'm arguing against your off-the-wall idea. But they are probably thinking the same thing about you. Uh, so I think dumb it down isn't a bad phrase. I don't. I think when an idea is in its most simplest form, it's easier to understand. You know, the other day, a guy I work with, he, he's a good guy. He always speaks to everyone. He minds his own business. He does his job, goes home. He doesn't disrespect anyone. And he seems to be a very genuine person. And he's a big American sports lover. So basically basketball and football. And I don't know if he watches baseball, but as we're talking, we're talking about teams versus players. And I, you know, I don't always remember how we start the conversation, but we were discussing the difference in greatness among teams and players. You know, there, there's some teams that will go down as the greatest teams of all time, and some players will go down as the best players of all time, or the best players of their time. So to get to the point, uh, he compared LeBron James as one of the goats, you know, greatest of all time. I didn't disagree. However, my argument was, I said, he needs a Robin. He's the kind of a Batman 
that needs a Robin. And I think I think LeBron is one of his favorite players, so he was a little taken back. But he said Jordan needed Scotty. And I'm thinking, well, of course. He is also a player that needs a Robin. You know, some players are made up like the Justice League, taking on the universe, and others are are Batmans in need of Robins. You know, to just defend in Gotham City. <laughs> uh, for you comic book lovers out there. But he and I were going back and forth. He asked why. He asked why would I what would I say about the Warriors? What would I say the Warriors were? And I said, the Warriors are more like, much like the Avengers. <laughs> he said, no. They they couldn't win without Claire Curry. I said, exactly. So the conversation got heated. And I'm just trying to you know sim through the conversation a little bit, obviously, th- more thorough than that. But he didn't agree with what I was saying. And I don't think he understood what I was trying to say. So he walked away from the conversation. And and told me I was right. I didn't like that. I don't like to just be told I'm right to shut me up. But being that he was such a good guy, a likable person, I didn't want to have this, like, don't talk to argumentative Dorian. You know, I didn't want him to have that kind of thing going towards me. So I took the next day to think about what I was trying to say so that he could understand or that he would understand. I, I think when he argued my point, he wasn't arguing the point I was feeling that I was making, you know. Um, so he comes into work two days later, or I think I came into work two days later. I'm like, what's up? And I said, I have a better way to explain my position. And I think you'll agree. I didn't say it like that, but that's, that's the gist. <laughs> uh, I say, I said, I said, there are teams in the NBA. They can't lose their star players. And there are teams that can't lose any player. And I said, for example, Jordan and LeBron need co-pilots or Robins. However, if their team loses them, you know, LBJ or MJ, their chances of winning have decreased significantly, almost down to zero. And it's been proven. However, teams like Golden State would lose their bench or Clay or Steph or Draymond, their chances of winning have decreased significantly. It has been proven. But if LeBron loses D-Wade or Kyrie or AD because we know he likes to jump ship, he could still win. He's that good. But it may be tough. Same could be said about MJ and Scotty. But if they lose any other player, who would notice? Contavious Caldwell-Pope? He could have gotten hurt and missed the NBA Finals and the Lakers still had a chance at at, at probably a small decrease fraction of losing a very small like one percent chance of has decreased in there so if they were a hundred percent chance of going to win it has gone down to a 99.9 percent without kcp same with jordan and, and will purdue he could have lost will purdue but he and scotty were enough to win so then he understood with that and said that's what he was trying to say and i said that's what i was trying to say <laughs> so I basically had tried to put it in the simplest way I knew how, and I knew that he would understand it that way. I know that was a long example. <laughs> Maybe I felt like just telling you a story. But anyway, that's, that's part of the problem. Not my example, but there will be issues that we should allow ourselves to agree to disagree based on, based on basic information and our basic understanding. 
You know, for example, and this is just a fun, non-intense example. It's another basketball example for you basketball lovers out there. So uh, a question is always asked, who's the greatest player of all time? Some would say Kobe or some would say Jordan. Some would say LeBron. Why? What makes them the best of all time? Some would say stats. Some would say elevation to the game. Some would say the competition. The point is, there's too many things to say. There's too many things to measure it on. There's no basis for the most basic understanding. And really, there's no way to create the base for any way to measure it. There are plenty of things, plenty of things like that. But what's our what's our basic understanding of living? You know, what's our what's our basic understanding of government? What's our basic understanding of anything that we think is meaningful? Law, our rights, marriage, sex. Who measures morals? I'm asking these questions because I honestly believe reason has left America. We don't argue things based on basic understanding. I have debates and arguments all the time. And at some point during the argument, I feel like I am no longer arguing. Like someone told me, how the hell is paper towel and bath tissue still an issue? Or how is it still a hot commodity? <laughs> like people just started taking more shots than shits than usual. <laughs> like other than wiping and possibly blowing your nose, what else do you use bath tissue for? And everyone is out buying Clorox wipes and Lysol wipes. Did you know your dish detergent is antibacterial soap? Why isn't it selling out? <laughs> you know, I stopped buying antibacterial hand soap. I just use the dish detergent. And I can use it for multiple things. It cleans surfaces. It makes bath bubbles for the kids. It makes mop water. I can use it to clean my car. I'm just saying. But that's my basic understanding of cleaning and detergents. <laughs> So uh, what about gender? You know, what's the basic understanding of gender? Gender. I don't know what's being taught to our children in, in school these days. I mean, my kids haven't learned about the human reproductive organs yet. But growing up, my basic understanding was boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. I even learned that watching Kindergarten Cop, if any of you remember the film. But now, people believe differently. They believe that sex is a choice and sexual orientation is not. That idea, it just escapes me. It, it confuses me. You know, if someone were to say that Francis, who was born with a penis, doesn't identify as a boy, is going through the changes of becoming a full female slash woman, prefer to be called her, what would you say to that? If I had explained the basis of this understanding to a 12-year-old, and I can't remember the age sex was taught to me, but how would I explain that? 
I could I could say what some would want me to say, you know, trans male or trans female. But why are they trans male and trans female? I don't I don't mean to sound like a bigot. Maybe that's maybe that's how it comes off. But if you had the most if you had the most basic understanding of something and someone or, or something comes along and says that's wrong. Now, what is the basis of your argument? What's the basis of your understanding? Where where do we start? Where do we start from to, to solve an issue or discuss an issue? So there's evolution, you know. Words change over time. The English language is growing all the time. You know, more words, more meanings. We we create new words yearly. I think 600 words were added to the Webster Dictionary in like April. However, when you look up a word, it tells you what the word is derived from. You know, it may break the word down to the most basic spelling. You know, it might tell you it's Latin or Greek. Probably tell you when the word was first used, you know, but the basic understanding of the word hasn't changed. <laughs> I feel like I'm pulling up some philosophy. But the basic word didn't change. However, more words can be built from the basic word. That's just my understanding for everything. Well, that's just my understanding for everything now. To understand it, must be broken down to the most simplest form. I'd be I would have to be able to explain it to a fifth grader. But some things can't. Kind of like the example I gave with basketball. But I believe that most things can. So anyways, before I get out of here, let's end on a little bit of a less heavier note. I don't ever think things I'm talking about is a light note, but something recently crossed my mind. Maybe it's political. Maybe it's not. (laughs) Um, I was having a, a conversation with a coworker and, and I was thinking, and this is crazy how I, how I started thinking this, but I have been a Detroit fan all my life. I've talked multiple teams. I've liked multiple multiple teams uh, for periods of times. But when they play Detroit teams, I didn't like those teams. And if they beat Detroit, I wasn't liking those teams anymore. So, you know, I remember liking the New York Knicks at a point in time because of Patrick Ewing and John Starks. Uh, also, my dad was from the East Coast, so he had a little spot for the Giants and the Knicks. But the Lions, since I've been a kid, have been my team. And they're losers. <laughs> you know, no Super Bowls, no playoff wins. They just suck. <laughs> but I root for them anyway. And as I was having a conversation with, with someone I work with, uh, who I consider a very logical person, he's a very down-to-earth person, at least I think. Uh, but I considered him a bandwagon fan. I mean, he was a Warriors fan. He come in with a Golden State hat on. Then he was a Chiefs fan. He come in with the, his his uh, 
Patrick Mahomes jersey. Um, he was a Knights fan. He come in, you know, Vegas. I'm like, they just got a team. Why are you already counting on them? So I asked him one day, where is your loyalty? <laughs> so he's a funny guy. So he said, to who? I said, to a team. You're such a bandwagon. He said, you mean like, I like winners? <laughs> he said, how long have you rooted for the Lions? And I mean, I'm skipping in the conversation, but he said, how long have you rooted for the Lions? I said, all my life. He said, what have they given back to you? I said, um, <laughs> he said, why would I support losers and support and support a history of losers? If I pay for a jersey or tickets, this is him. If he pays for a jersey or tickets, anything, the team reaps the benefits financially from him. So why would I continue to invest in a bad product? He said, you wouldn't keep going out buying a Dodge if every time you bought one, it broke down. So why would I support a team that does the same? Why would I buy a car that is dependable? I said, that's a good way of putting it. (laughs) And then I thought after reading a couple of articles and listening to uh, some podcasts, and this is where my story comes to a not so fun story, but I was listening to a few podcasts and, and reading some things online, and I and I'm thinking like, what are the, what, what the politicians were were talking about? All of them, you know, the right and the left. But what have the politicians done for us? Any of them? You know, think of someone you supported in Congress, in presidency, mayors, governors, whatever. Would you continue to support that particular person based off what they do for you? You know, would you continue to support the party they represent? I won't answer that question. Most of you already know my answer. So, but I don't know if that's a political thing. I mean, I know it's politicians you're following, but I'm looking at that as a as a all around thing. You know, would you continue to support a product that is bad? So, anyways, I'm just thinking in general. Till next time, guys.